Hello, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Business Advantage Podcast. I am Alicia M. Pennington, owner of Advantage, mama, business consultant, and your host. I started this podcast back in 2016 to bring awareness to business-related topics and athletic training. And now here we are seven years later on season four, discussing the transition from self-employment to business ownership. Let's dive in. Are you a self-motivated athletic trainer looking to take control of your work? Advantage is seeking relationships with athletic trainers who want autonomy, flexibility in their schedule, and who thrive in non-traditional contract opportunities. If this sounds like you, get in touch. Key learning objectives. Differentiate between scalability and sustainability and how they apply to the growth of a business. Recognize the two primary aspects of building a sustainable and scalable business model, time and money. Categorize scalable versus non-scalable business models. The word sustainability should mean a lot to you if you're an athletic trainer listening to this because our profession and honestly, most of the healthcare fields do not have career sustainability built in to the way that we work. And the last thing that you want to do is to go start another endeavor that will leave you feeling kind of this same way. Like this is not sustainable. I can't see myself doing this for another several decades. It's just not worth it. And, you know, honestly, that was a key component to starting the staffing company for me is that it had to be sustainable. It had to be an option for me that I could go deep into my career and not just be like another job that will have me burnt out within a few years. And I am 11 years into running this staffing company. And I'm the furthest thing from burnt out. In fact, I'm almost completely removed from day-to-day operations. And I can absolutely say that it has been a sustainable option for me. And so, you know, when when we're thinking about sustainability, a lot of the definitions that you'll see related to it, they kind of are more related to like the environment or like global and local aspects related to like the output of materials. So think about like greenhouse gases or, you know, just a lot of the conversation when you think about a a sustainable model, they're a lot of times referring to how to have the least amount of impact on the environment as possible. So That is not what I mean by sustainable, right? What I'm referring to is related to the human resources that are related and required to run the business, aka you. (laughs) I am talking about the sustainability of you and being able to manage all of the operations related to business ownership. And so I really like Investopedia's definition, which is sustainability refers to the ability to maintain or support a process continuously over time. Kind of feels like an obvious aspect (laughs) to incorporate into any new endeavor, 
right? The ability to maintain or support a process continuously over time. But you may be surprised that there is an astonishing amount of business models that are not sustainable. And I'll get into that later. With sustainability or lack of sustainability, that also means that they are not scalable, right? So scalability is defined as a business's capacity to grow, to meet increased demand. Okay. So they, they are intertwined. They support each other. They rely on each other, sustainability and scalability, but they technically are different. They, they operate in different realms of a business. And even that kind of definition of scalability, I have a definition that differs kind of a little bit from that one, because in that definition, they use the word growth, right? So they said a business's capacity to grow, to meet increased demand. And grow or growth is a term that is commonly interchanged with scaling. You said growth and scaling or growth or business scaling, right? However, there is a very distinct difference between growing a business and scaling a business. And in my experience, growth refers to kind of more of everything. So more logistics, more cost, more manpower, more energy, more time, more, 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 right? Whereas scaling has an emphasis on increasing profits while you allow for costs to either remain the same or go down. And same thing related to like manpower and energy. Like it is minimized, whereas like time gets multiplied. And those are the kinds of businesses that we build. The scalable business model, okay? What is the difference between what is scalable? How do you even really define that in terms of a business? And then how do you also make it sustainable? Because like I said, they kind of are two different spheres that operate within the same business. You can have one and not the other. And what we're always searching for and pursuing is both. We want scalability, which means that we can increase our profits and increase and, you know, kind of multiply our time while decreasing costs, manpower, and energy. We do not want growth, which is literally just kind of more of everything. Kind of sounds like a fairy tale land, right? <laughs> I promise it's possible and I will give you lots of lots of examples. And so I mean, why should you care about this? Why are we finishing our podcast season with this conversation? The reason is because as a currently practicing athletic trainer or perhaps someone that is just considering or wanting to start a business, the same way that you thought about what setting that you wanted to work in before you ever applied to an education program or you kind of envisioned how your life would look after graduation, the moment that you received your acceptance letter, we want to know what our future looks like, right? This is something that all humans inherently 
want to try to understand and experience. So no matter how early on we are in a decision-making process, maybe you're listening to this episode and you're still at the idea phase, but you're getting your CEUs and you're listening and you're like, okay, Alicia, I'll be entertained, right? Our brains want to know that this is something that if we're going to endeavor down it, that we can commit to long-term. Rarely are we going to take on something like business ownership and think, yeah, in like two or three years, I'll be done with it. Rarely, you know, there obviously are situations that present themselves in that way, but usually it's it's a full-blown commitment, right? And so in an effort to ensure that we're not wasting our time <laughs> going through the necessary hurdles and, you know, all of the things that I've covered up to this point, only to kind of be right back in the same place of having to pivot our career again or you know, our entire life a few years later looking very different. I want to give you something to chew on. I want to give you something that allows your brain to kind of venture down the road a little bit. And maybe that is going to end up being your why, right? This futuristic version of what your life looks like, of what your career and your family life and whatever it is that you want for yourself. I want to give that to you as we finish out this season, because regardless of whether you're going to end up starting a business or not, our ability to see those things for ourselves is really important. And whatever future version of what you want, if it includes business ownership, then I'm hopeful that this, you know, entire season was informative for you. But, you know, many of us, we kind of find ourselves several years down a road into a situation where like, we've got to pivot again, right? I see so many of these posts on the Facebook groups and in conversations on LinkedIn and someone who transitioned in one way, whether that was their setting or their location or something, and then they get into it and they're like, this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was, which is totally, totally permissible, completely allowable. Right. And it, and it, it happens for any number of reasons, knowing that this is there, it's even more reason for me to ensure that your next step is both sustainable and scalable for you. I mean, just imagine if like getting into athletic training, they were having this conversation with us that any career field, honestly, it doesn't even have to be athletic training or it doesn't even have to be healthcare related. Like just imagine if at the very beginning they're like, okay, so does this have built-in sustainability and scalability within it? (laughs) Right? Like (laughs) what a, what a dream life. That's what I want to provide to you. You know, that when I was thinking about this, one of the only examples that I've kind of seen to resemble sustainability is an emergency department PA. So I have a few girlfriends that work in this capacity and their schedule requires them to be present in the ED for typically between 10 and 12 days per month. And they will work between 10 to 12 hour shifts. So they basically, their full time is 120 hours per month or basically 30 hours a week. 
So it is still 30 hours a week, but because the shifts are longer, they're 10 to 12 hours, they only work a couple days a week. Obviously, I don't know any other environmental factors or anything else. And I'm not in any way trying to say that they've got a really great situation. But just from the outside, at least it seems like something that is sustainable over time. So just wanted to throw that out there as like one example of something that I have seen that feels sustainable. But when I look across majority of corporate America, majority of healthcare, majority of most industries, I don't really see sustainability. And I think that that's something that as Americans, we've just kind of come to accept. And I want to challenge you in being able to see a different version of that, especially if you're going to go into business ownership. Like imagine if they taught us about this in school. You know, like there's, you know, more rhetoric, of course, now about finding kind of that work-life integration, balance, you know, whatever word you want to use there. And there's an increase number of settings that are popping up for athletic training specifically that do help offer the opportunity to kind of set work weeks and to have schedules. And I think, you know, more so outside of the quote unquote traditional settings that we're finding things that feel more sustainable. And so taking this as a business principle, such as like sustainability, and we apply that to the human resources of us humans, it's something that, you know, has really only been practiced in very recent years. And I think especially because of the pandemic, when workers took back a lot of the power of asking for what they want, asking for what they need, it really only now is, I feel like, an emphasis culturally within different corporations to say, how do we make this work sustainable for our workers? And it's beautiful. I love to see it. Yeah. And, you know, employee sustainability is more than just time management. It is also workload management. And that's something that we obviously want to keep in mind on the business ownership side of it as well. And this is a lot of what we see lacking in athletic training. It's the time management piece, but it more so is workload management. And employee sustainability is defined as the current and future ability of workers to remain in the workforce. And I think that, you know, when we look at that, it's it's very much, it's largely made up of productivity and culture and engagement. And this is all something that I feel like the athletic training profession could learn a lot about. So hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this and you have no desire to start a business, but you're really intrigued about this topic of employee sustainability. Maybe this is a research project for somebody out there. Okay, so let's dive into the two primary components related to scalability and sustainability, okay? They're going to essentially be our time and our finances. And this is what helps us determine how in business, what we want to pursue. Okay. So time is our most precious gift. We cannot create more of it and it is a forever depleting resource. So figuring out how to multiply it is basically how we achieve freedom. Okay. So when we're thinking about this, like multiplying our time 
it looks differently for everybody. But in order for us to say that we have financial freedom, time freedom, and some of these other things that we pursue, we have to find a way to make our time, our days, our hours, our minutes, whatever it is, somehow go longer, somehow be able to be more impactful than just a single person working in a singular capacity. And with that in mind, I want to pause here and dispel something that I see on the internet all the time. And that is this idea that everybody has the same 24 hours in the day. That is absolutely false, okay? With what I just described of multiplying our time, how do we make our time more beneficial than just one person doing one thing at any given moment? It cannot be true that we also all have the same 24 hours in the day. Here's what I mean by that. I see these memes. It's like, we all have the same amount of time that Beyonce and look at what she's achieving. No, that is wrong. Beyonce has assistants. She has nannies. She has managers. She has directors and butlers and on and on and on and on and on that are all pulling levers and making stuff happen on her behalf, okay? So Beyonce's 24 hours in a day are multiplied by all of those individual people that are working on her behalf, okay? So the idea that you as a single person who maybe doesn't have any help, doesn't have any assistance, doesn't have anybody else in your life that is pulling levers on your behalf, you do not have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce. Stop beating yourself up about it, okay? My husband and I started a consulting firm for aspiring and established business owners who are looking to start, scale, or shift their businesses. We've worked with everyone from independent athletic trainers to multi-million dollar corporations. We've translated our foundational principles across 35 plus industries and would love to support you as well. Head to PenningtonPerspective.com for more info or feel free to just DM me directly on IG at it's Alicia MP. That's I-T-S-A-L-I-S-H-A-M-P. See you there. So with that said, <laughs> steps off soapbox, time management will be your greatest asset, but then figuring out how to outsource different things will also be an asset related to this. So when you're first starting out in business ownership, when this is like a side hustle and you know, you're at your regular job, if what you're trying to tackle in your side hustle feels like it's too much to take on, you've got to chunk it down into smaller pieces. So let's say you decide you're going to start a business and you have written down on your to-do list, start a business. That is way too big to tackle, <laughs> right? I mean, I just 
did, you know, a seven episode season on how to start a business, right? With four episodes completely dedicated to just the starting part of it, right? So when you're thinking about trying to overcome some of these hurdles with the time management piece of it, chunk that down. This is a little hack that I'm giving you. Maybe you write your, do yourself a favor and you write down research business name, or maybe even more specifically, look up business name on Secretary of State website, right? Like, how about we start working on our sustainability right away? (laughs) I am someone that totally gets the dopamine hit from crossing things off of my to-do list, but I also do that to stay motivated, right? So again, if we're going to be building in sustainability for these future endeavors, let's start right away. Let's start by making things that aren't too big to tackle. Let's start chunking it down and giving ourselves bite-sized pieces to chew on and to swallow and to digest and to gradually be working our way up towards the larger mountain that we're trying to tackle. And I know that I've mentioned this previously, but I also want you to remember that things take time, okay? Both your real life, like you're a whole human here, and your primary job, they're going to require you to be present and to give them energy and to focus on, you know, what needs to get done. So don't beat yourself up about consistently taking small steps toward this side hustle goal on a regular basis. This is a marathon, not a sprint. You will be training yourself to do this in business as well. We want to be sustainable, right? Anything that you're going to bring to market or a new demographic that you're going to like touch or experience that you want to shift to, it requires steady momentum to build over time. So start practicing those skills right now. Okay, the second most crucial aspect about sustainability and scalability is the financials piece of it. We need to generate revenue, right? So in a business, we've got to have people paying us to do things. And not only that, but there needs to be profit margin. And many of us are just overjoyed at the idea of getting paid to do something out of our normal job. And That is a really great place to start. I want you to feel excited about that. I want you to really relish in that because it is amazing to get paid to do something, right? There is no shame associated with that. But eventually, (laughs) you do need to charge a rate that will cover not only your costs and it properly compensates for your time, okay? So I can almost unequivocally say that whatever number you're considering of starting at, whether you're selling stickers, you're selling athletic training services, whatever it is, I can almost unequivocally say double it and then use that number to start charging for your services. (laughs) Again, I've got 10 years of experience in this. I've mentored over a hundred other people. I can almost unequivocally say double it. So when we start making that money, we then need to reinvest it, okay? So sometimes that is going to be in a savings account that we use to build over time. Sometimes that is in a mentor who can help you learn strategies that would have otherwise taken you years to figure out. 
Sometimes that is in a software to help streamline your operations, or perhaps it is in starting to outsource some of these various aspects to get them off of your plate, right? So just like with our personal money, finding strategies to multiply our dollars, it's also relevant in business. Different investments look different for everybody. A business mentor may be a great investment for one person and a bookkeeper may be a great investment for someone else. So spend the time figuring out what that looks like for you. The key here is you start making money and then you start utilizing that money to multiply your time. And the final piece here then is developing offers, basically that ensure that your time and that your money can be multiplied, meaning an entire business model that is solely reliant on your one-to-one time is not scalable. So if you're an athletic trainer and you want to provide personal athletic training services, maybe you can start there, but eventually you'll need to offer group services or virtual services or a library of options, right? It's very, very difficult to scale when you're just working one-on-one directly with people. Your capacity to charge is limited and it requires your direct time. Let's say, for example, you're an athletic trainer and you want your hourly rate to be $100. You get people who are willing to pay you that. But then you also develop a group offer where five people come in for that same hour and they're each paying you $25 a piece. So now your hourly rate just went up to $125. And let's say you also have a library of videos for anyone to access at $9.99 a month. So you now also have that coming into your business without any of your direct time. So you now not only have three different ways of serving people, you also have a passive income stream and services at both a lower and a higher price point. This is how we build a sustainable and a scalable business model. So you need to be mindful of these aspects as you're building your offers. This is some, you know, this was just like a very simple example just to show how one example in one business model in one different industry. Like I've mentioned before, we've worked in over 35 different industries building nearly a hundred different business models. My brain, it loves doing this. And I'm convinced that it's because of my athletic training background. It's kind of like, when I think about it, it's kind of like building rehab programs where like there's a million different ways to do the exercises that all kind of achieve similar outcomes. Some of them are way more effective than others but all of them are kind of like individualized to each person's anatomy and unique case. And so, yeah, I mean, I could literally sit and build business models in my brain like forever and ever, amen. And because I can do that, I'm gonna give you a few more examples because I I just, I really wanna make this applicable and kind of drive home this idea of what scalability and sustainability is Because as you 
venture off from this episode, from this season, I I want to give you something that your brain can kind of linger on, right? Some things that you can sit with over time and whether you're deciding to start a business right now or even a couple years from now, or even when you're talking to one of your friends and they're talking about starting a business, you're going to be like, well, is it sustainable and scalable? <laughs> right? So just about any business over time will build momentum in it. Like I mentioned on a previous episode, businesses follow very similar career trajectories, very similar trajectories as a career would, right? So the same way that generally over time, somebody will make more money, they will go into, you know, higher level positions, things like that. You start kind of at one place in your career, it looks something very different middle and it looks something very different at the end. Business ownership is very similar to that, right? So if you're if you're doing great work and you're treating people well and you're delivering results, you can have a really successful business the same way that if you do all of those things, you can have a really lucrative and successful career. But that level of success, the level of success that you can achieve is limited by your own ability to build its infrastructure and to identify resources. And I just want to be clear here, like it's not the business that can be scaled, it's the business model, right? So any business can have different business models within it, right? The same way I just said, there can be five different athletic trainers that all are doing concierge care and every single one of them can have a very different business model like I just described in the other one. And that often is the case. When we work with people from the same industry, the work that they're doing looks very different. One of them might have a facility. One of them might not. One of them might only work with a very specific demographic. One of them might have only membership services. One of them might only do one-on-one care, right? So it's not the business. Just to simply say, I want to be a personal athletic trainer or I want to do you know, concierge athletic training care. Okay, that's just the business. What's the business model? How are you going to sell your services? What is your approach to delivering results, to delivering care? What are your offers going to be? So I'll give an example. Digital products are basically infinitely scalable. So like that example that I just gave of like a library of videos, that is basically infinitely scalable. You could put almost an unlimited amount of people into a library of videos without it really requiring more work from you. It's kind of like you create it once, it can be downloaded, it can be accessed, you know, and utilized in an infinite number of ways with very little to no further work from you on that, right? We saw this when music transitioned from CDs to MP3s. CDs, not necessarily infinitely scalable because it is a literal hard product that has to be designed and printed and produced and manufactured. But an MP3, it's just a sound wave. You know, you create it one time and it can be spread over the internet in an almost infinite number of ways. That's, you know, the transition to streaming has made music incredibly more accessible and scalable from an industry perspective. Software 
is another example of this. So Windows, which is Word, Excel, PowerPoint, you know, all of those, is a business model of software. And, you know, they update it on a semi-regular basis, but they can sell an infinite amount of this software. They upload it, they update it once on, you know, whatever their core computer is, and then they sell it infinitely. And kind of in this same vein, like subscriptions or memberships, especially to digital products, think like Netflix, for example, they've become so popular as a business model because it is scalable, right? So in this case, Netflix, they have started making their own movies, but when they first started on the streaming side of it, it was really just them licensing the rights to digital copies of a bunch of other stuff. And so they just charged consumers on a monthly basis to access that library of stuff. It's the exact same thing as I just said, you make a library of videos and you charge for it. Now just imagine instead of you making a library of videos, you went and collected a bunch of videos that your friends and colleagues had already created. You put all of them into one library and you sold access that way, right? That's literally what Netflix did. Those are basically infinitely scalable business models. Now, an example of a business model that is not infinitely scalable, an athletic training staffing company. <laughs> That's right, my very own business, it is not. It's not infinitely scalable, right? We've done well for ourselves and I'm proud of where we've been able to scale the business to, but athletic trainers and any type of certified professional is a limited resource. And so any business model that relies on having a skilled worker is limited in their ability to scale. And so I bring that up as an example for you, because I want you to understand that going into business ownership, you're not required to have an infinitely scalable business model. In fact, it's more difficult than not to identify one that is. My point for you is that I want you to have sustainability, right? And when I think specifically of like private practice athletic trainers or people that do concierge sports medicine, the ones who are the most burnt out are the ones who simply sell their one-to-one -one time. There is no sustainability. You're basically going to get yourself back into the same rut of the demand that your current career puts on us with the longer hours and, and all of that. You'll probably make better money doing it, but you're going to be equally frustrated and burnt out, right? So when you're thinking about going into business ownership, it is perfectly acceptable to start with one-to-one -one care. In fact, I think it's probably one of the lowest hanging fruits in terms of how can I even get started? Well, you just need one person to render services on and that's okay, right? You can build up to then offering a group option. You can build up to offering a membership option. You can build up to other things. I'm not suggesting that you have wild customer demand right at the onset, but I do want to plant the seed with you that if you're going to go into business ownership, if you're going to endeavor down something that you consider what 
sustainability and scalability looks like for you and that you don't get yourself in a situation where you're just continually selling your one-to-one time. You haven't found a way to multiply your time in any way. And the financial piece of it is solely hindered on you rendering services. That means you can never take a vacation. You can never get sick. You can't have time off, right? We don't want that. That's essentially what our current career and profession has handcuffed us to. So if you're going to go into something else, make sure that you're considering all of these upfront, right? So, I mean, of course, you don't need to be able to build a super sophisticated or robust business model just to get started. That's not at all what I'm inferring here. And nor do you need an infinitely scalable business model ever. Clearly, I don't, right? Neither of our businesses, our consulting business isn't infinitely scalable either, right? That's not what I'm trying to get you to understand. I just wanted to point out those examples so that you had them. You simply want an option that could take you deeper into your career, provide increased joy through sustainability, and ideally an equal or increased amount of money through scalability, right? The evidence suggests that longevity in both business ownership and career development, when both factors are accounted for, allow for athletic trainers to continue impacting the patient populations that they serve. And when we do that, we increase access to affordable healthcare services for the general public. With that, I want to thank you for joining me on this season of The Business Advantage. It has been several years, I think four years, since I have put out an episode. Thank you for your patience as I put all of this new content together that I really took the time to understand what the next need was in this profession. And I put together a resource that I am hopeful is informative in a way that allows many of you to be able to find and identify some level of sustainability in your career, whether that is through business ownership or not. At minimum, I hope that I've provided engaging and interesting CEUs for you, something that you're not typically used to listening to, an application to patient outcomes that probably challenges what the BOC accepts as clinical bottom line, but nonetheless is informative and important for us to be exposed to as a profession. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You are now eligible to receive a Category A CEU. Head to advantageacademy.com, find the title of this podcast as a course name, and complete the quiz for your credit. As always, if you found this useful, please recommend it to peers or share about it on social media. Be sure to tag us at The Advantage. That's T H E A T V A N T A G E.